we're your hosts, Hugh and Adrian. I'm an investment professional with an MBA in finance. And I'm Adrian, a financial counselor, and I help my clients establish and reach their Wealth Saver financial goals. Tailored Wealth Saver podcast is here to bring you tailored stories that will educate and inspire you on how to enjoy life, grow wealth, and become a Wealth Saver. Hey, Wealth Savers. Welcome to part two of our two-part discussion concerning the psychology of finance. Last week, if you haven't listened to our first episode of the season, we had Dr. Thomas on, who basically gave us a nice understanding of shaming in finance and its effects on our mentality, on budgeting, and other things. Well, today, we're going to be talking to our co-host, Adrian, concerning training your brain for finance. Welcome, Adrian. Thanks, Q. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think a lot of us always hear about, okay, you got to create a budget, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it just sounds so much like it's inundating. So, um, you know, this whole idea of training your brain for finance, you know, can you give us a little insight into that? What is, what is that like and where did that come from? Yeah, so training your brain, I think is... But probably it's the hardest and the most important step. So I'll use my own self for example, if that's okay. Yeah, we'd love to hear something from you. <laughs> All right. So back when I was in college, like, okay, so both of us studied econ and business. Like that was both of our majors. Um, yeah. So while I was in college, obviously right after the Great Recession, I learned everything about economies, learned everything about consumer consumers as well, like us being a consumer and also being an investor. And so for me, when I graduated school, I just had in my brain that I could do whatever I wanted because I've gone to college, I've worked hard, I've racked up this little bit of student loan debt, well, it was a lot of bit of student loan debt, but I racked up the student loan debt thinking I could do whatever I want because I worked so hard in college, like I deserve to treat myself. So because of that, I started taking vacations, doing all this stuff because I just wanted to and ended up getting myself into debt. And it wasn't, I was having fun. Like the memories I had while getting myself into debt are some excellent memories I will keep forever. <laughs> but I think we it, all will. <laughs> right? Good times. It's fun getting into debt. But once I realized like, hey, what am I doing? Like, am I setting myself up to live paycheck to paycheck? That was kind of, my first thought of where I wanted to change my mind on my thinking of this. And again, theoretically, I know what not to do. I was even telling other people, hey, don't get into debt. Do this. Make sure you have a plan for your money. Where's your money going? Like I'm telling people what to do, but I wasn't doing it myself because I was enjoying that moment. I wasn't thinking about my future. I wasn't thinking about like, hey, in the long run, like this is really going to actually suck. It wasn't until... I wanted to go home for Christmas that I realized I couldn't afford a plane ticket without putting it on a credit card. And that was pretty bad. It was like a two, $300 plane ticket at that time. And I couldn't afford it without going, without using my credit card. And that's when I realized like, okay, you're enjoying the moment, but what about the holidays, the time of the year that matters most to you to go home, be with your friends and family. So for me, I always relate back. Like when I'm working with clients, Like, hey, let's not, yes, let's think about the moment. Like you want to have fun in the moment. There's nothing wrong with that. But is the moment today preparing you or is it setting you up for success or is it setting you up for failure a year, two years, even 10 years from now 
when you want to still enjoy your life? Are you set up to enjoy it or are you set up, I'm going to have to go into debt if I want to do this? So I think right. the, the one of the first things we got to think about is just like, what are your financial goals? Like, what do you want to do? Yes, think about now, but in five years, what do you want to do? Do you want to be living paycheck to paycheck five years from now? And if you don't, are you setting yourself up for success for that? Or are you setting yourself up for failure? Hmm. And I, I guess my question to you then is that epiphany for you, it, it obviously happened, but for some people it comes at different times, right? And we're not, again, going back to the previous episode, we're not here to tell people that it's wrong to enjoy yourself, to rack up some debt here and there. Um, but given the time, like after we're done having our fun and everything like that, um, do you, and this is more of a opinion question, but do you feel like it is the mindset that has to be ready or do you think the budget comes first? The mindset. You can, for any time, like anybody can set up a budget or I like to call it a plan of how you're going to spend your money. You can set that up, but are you going to follow it or not? Are you just wasting your time like throwing numbers up? And I tell people all the time, don't create a spending plan if you're not going to actually use it. And people are like, what? Why would you tell somebody not to do that? And the reason is you can spend all day putting up numbers. I have a thousand dollars to spend. How am I going to spend this thousand dollars? But if you don't follow it, if you haven't made a conscious decision in your mind, like, Hey, I'm actually going to stick with this because I know the goal that I'm going to achieve with it. Then you have literally wasted time. Like people can tell you how to spend your money, but how you actually do it is based upon discipline. And it's based upon a mindset that you want to make a change. If you don't want to make a change, it's like people that go to, I call it, um, what is it? I call it anonymous. Like yep. you can tell somebody all day to go into rehab for drugs or go into rehab for alcohol, but until that person's ready to make a change, it doesn't matter how much you throw it down their throat that you need to make a change. They're not going to make a change. You know, as we all know, just because we're, we, we think we're ready for a change doesn't mean that we actually are ready to make that change. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's, you know what I'm saying? You know exactly what I'm trying to say, right? Mm -hmm. There's this want, there's a desire, but there's sometimes the habits that you formed are really hard to break. Yeah. So, you know, what can people do for that? So those, <laughs> so I'll talk about my vacation habits. I still take vacations now, but I'm not going into debt for them and we save for them. So in my opinion, you, I'm interested to get your thoughts too, but in my opinion, you say that you're ready for a change, but until, and it's going to be hard in the beginning, it is so hard to make a change regard. Again, you can relate this back to drugs. It is hard. Someone can say they want to get off drugs or want to get off alcohol, but it is the one of the most difficult things to do because you still have that temptation next to you. Same thing trying to get out of debt or making a change or deciding like, hey, I want to change my finances. It's hard to, it's easy to make that decision, but it's hard to stick with because you still have the temptation. I still have the temptation of vacations. That's my downfall. So if anybody's like, hey, what do you struggle with financially? It's vacations, but I have a method for it now. But I still have that temptation, but instead of me going into debt for it, it's a decision. What do I want to do? So it's same thing with drugs. If you have example, let's say someone's trying to get themselves off drugs. If they still have that temptation around them, then they're not actually going to get off the drug. You have to remove that temptation. 
So for me, it was making a decision that was hard. I almost want to say hard as hell. It was one of the hardest decisions I made for two years, no vacations. And I cried my eyes out making that decision. But I had to decide what's most important for me. Is this temptation to take this opportunity to go on a vacation? Is that temptation more important than my opportunity to get myself out of debt? Which one is more important? And until we decide the most important decision, I don't think anything will ever work. Yeah, and from my experience, so um, my undergrad was in um, psychology and then I got a counseling degree and actually worked in drug rehab. Mm-hmm. And in it's different, like working with a, like you suggest, a lot of people do go, um, cold Turkey. A lot of times though, I worked in, um, mandated recovery, which mm-hmm. means they were forced to be there. They were forced to be, um, cold Turkey. Um, and, the thing that we used at the time was a diary and we had two of them. We had one that was an emotional diary dealing with like, you know, like this day I had this reaction and I, then we talk about what were the actions that occurred that day. The other diary um, was one for uses. So they were still allowed to technically leave the campus and go and do different things. And a lot of them oftentimes would be readmitted with, because they had to go through drug testing with some kind of drug. Um, and for me, when I told them, you know, they'd go on, you know, one week leaves or a couple of weekend leave or something like that. And whether they came back positive or negative, I always asked them to keep track of, you know, their, the times they used and then keep track of the diary that they had for the emotional. And what that kind of do does for them, at least was for them to realize like, there's, you start, they start realizing patterns and then they start, the next thing they kind of did was because they saw the times that did use and they didn't use, it started to really show like, okay, yeah, I do. Yeah. I use drugs. Yeah. This is what happens to me after I use drugs. And, and it all comes together. It's like this, because you can disassociate yourself from using, like, I know it's hard to believe people, but like, it's hard for us to accept bad things about ourselves. So having it face, like put in your face that you're writing this down, this is something you can revisit later on and see, it really helps us to digest that information in our brains. And like we said in the previous episode, it's not about shaming, it's about accepting. And so once you get to the point of acceptance, it's a lot easier than to make a change um, or make a decision on a change. And because you're no longer saying, oh, this is bad. Let me ignore it. This is a problem. We're talking about it. We're going through it. And it's it's being normalized. Now, once that occurs, then you can kind of start making that plan and saying, okay, well, you know, I've been doing it like this because I keep wanting to hang out with my friends. So maybe if I go hang out with my friends, I, if I know I'm going to do something bad, then shoot, maybe I'll just hang out with them one time less. And that would be something that we did. And then we saw changes there. So that's in the same way we do that on drugs. Maybe that's something people can do with budgeting. Most of, I know a lot of people who don't even, you know, check their credit card statements at the end of the month to see what they spent it on. Um, They don't really know what all the expenses are. They just see what's in their checking account. And that's pretty much all they check for. So Maybe it's starting to keep a record of your spending on a monthly basis or a weekly basis and keeping that on diary and saying, okay, just put down food, outing, you know, shopping, whatever, 
And then maybe two months later, you want to take a look back at it and say, wow, I'm really, I'm really spending a lot in this area and maybe making some changes from there once you kind of get to the acceptance stage. So cute. That actually, I really like that about the journaling and the emotions. So that's one of the things, like one of the tactics I actually have my clients to use. But instead of it necessarily being about their emotions, I have them to write down. So for one month, and this is something anybody can use, one month track every single expense that you spend money on and write down how you feel when you spent the money. So example, if it's an impulse purchase on Amazon, why did I make this purchase? How did that purchase make me feel? And then a week later, go back and say, should I have, do you agree that this was the right type of purchase or transaction to make? Man, I love that. That sounds really cool. The fact that you can go back and judge yourself. (laughs) It just makes, so I think often because we get buyer's remorse, like I just have people go back to do it. And I don't know, it's, I don't tell anybody where to start spending their money. Like if somebody's spending $500 a month dining out, okay, how does this make you feel? How is this helping you reach your goals? And is this something five years from now you'll be happy you did? Hey, Wealth Saver, I want to take a quick break and check in. Is 2022 your year to stick to your financial goals? And I don't mean like create a new year resolution and then a few months letting go, but really sticking to them for the entire year. Well, with you in mind, we created the Wealth Saver 2022 Paper Planner that gives you one product with everything I personally needed during my Wealth Saver journey without giving up the hobbies that I enjoyed the most. The Wealth Saver Planner includes monthly spending plans to stay on track throughout the month, quarterly net worth statements to measure your financial success and recalculate as needed, tri-annual credit report reminders, and checklists of what to look for to help keep you safe from fraud. And Christmas and July planning to determine what means the most during the holidays without breaking the bank. Order your copy today at thewealthsaverplanner.com. Use promo code BEAWEALTHSAVER. Again, that's promo code BEAWEALTHSAVER in all caps. So retracing back some of the steps that we've, we just kind of covered, we already talked about, you know, finding a specific habit that perhaps is causing the majority of your uh, budget to get blown or your spending to create debt or, and then afterwards, I guess, just like we've been saying is create some type of diary, some type of tracking of your actual spending. So you can be informed of exactly how you're spending. And then I like the piece that you put at the end there, which is, you know, go back and see how you felt about each one of those expenditures and give yourself a mark and say, I enjoyed this, made me feel good, or I don't really feel great about this decision anymore. So that takes us to kind of like the last bit of all this, which is really about creating a budget, right? Like that's the real, that's the end goal that we have. We, we have to create a budget. And I want to ask you, Adrian, when it comes to budgeting, is it just based off of income or is it based off of goals? So I would say both. So for me, I, <laughs> I always tell my clients to create a spending plan. I, for some reason, hate the word budget. Like it feels so constraining to me. So I literally just changed the word to spending plan. Don't know why. Mentally, it makes me feel better. And I'm like, hey, I'm creating a plan for my money. 
But so what in the Wealth Saver plan and one of the things that it has you to do every single quarter is write down your money goals. So you create goals for the next three months, the next six months, the next year, and then include it as well are five years. And the reason why it has you to do that before you make your spending plan every month or your budget is because of the fact it helps you go back when you're going through your spending plan or your budget monthly, trying to decide where you want to spend money at. Does it align to those goals? So one, obviously it has to be aligned to your income. So if you have no, if you're not bringing any money in, it doesn't matter what type of money goal you're trying to achieve. It's not going to happen until you start bringing money in. So it first takes a look at your income and we're going to make it realistic based upon your income and then drizzle in little areas for those money goals you have. So if it's a goal, example, myself taking a vacation, we're going to take one every single year, not four or five vacations, but one vacation. So if it's, if one of our goals is to take a vacation within the next six months, then we're going to write out, okay, how much do we want to save each month for this? the amount that we want to save for it, does that align to our income? And does it also align to all of our other expenses that we have for the month? And if there were debt payments, does that align to us being able to reach those goals? So I think those, like you have to have a balance of the two, but you can't just look at income alone without looking at your money goals. And you can't look at your money goals alone without looking at your income because those money goals you have are they realistic to being able for you to achieve them based upon what your income is? Or do we need to take out some expenses or bring in more money? And that's where side hustles sometimes come into play. And we have a wonderful episode about side hustles with uh, Sos by Jaw from season one. So that's my plug. Speaking to, you know, goal saving, um, I did want to add this or sprinkle this little bit of magic on top. Um, a lot of us keep, you know, forgetting that we have to save for retirement sometimes. And we keep saying these things like, oh man, I can't do that. I have all these things. I'm not even sure if my income fluctuates and all these kind of things. Like, uh, trust me guys, I, I know it's, I sound really successful now, but, uh, I worked and have worked in, um, the service industry. I've worked alongside people in the service industry. And one of the things that was one of my ways of doing that was giving myself a dollar amount that I would normally spend on a food or a, uh, like, I don't know, late night snacks and stuff like that, spend 10 to 20 bucks. And then I over, you know, four weeks, I mean, that's still 80 bucks <laughs> a month. Um, but essentially what I did was I just kind of took money, small money, small change, put it off to the side. And then I would make a deposit. Um, and, and doing that is actually really simple. It's small. It doesn't have to be large. You could do something like 50 bucks a month and basically breaks down to about $12 um, every week. So think of it that way. There's plenty of different programs now, especially with these, you know, robo-advisors, um, Fidelity, Schwab, any of these guys, they have IRAs that you can start and make small to uh, weekly or bi-weekly or monthly contributions as like I said, as small as five to $10. And maybe that's your entry point, at least for a small saving goal, like your retirement and think of it at the end of the year. I mean, shoot 80 bucks a month. Think about that 12 times you're looking at, you know, 960 bucks. Not bad. Did pretty good for yourself. And on top of that, the compound interest that you can also get from those itty bitty little deposits over time. 
So basically it takes us to the point where we put everything together. You know, we have to have a mindset change. And that comes sometimes through an epiphany where something that someone points out to us. And then we come to a point where we want to make a change. And maybe that want is a bit less than the internal desire, but we can choose several different paths. We can either go cold turkey or we can create a diary review of our spending, right? So we keep track of everything. So no judgment, just kind of going through, make sure we notate everything, go look at all our spending and split it up. So we know where we're spending money. So we recognize it. So there's no shame. It's just an acceptance point. And then we kind of go back and make a decision to see how we felt about all of our spending. At which point we can go forward and start talking about, okay, these are realistic goals. These are things that I want to stop doing that'll help me out. And then we can start looking at our income and start budgeting, allocating different parts of our income to different expenses and maybe a savings goal that we have as well. And that takes us basically to the point where we start going to ways we can start saving. But that's for a different day. We had a great episode. Thank you, Adrian, for all your tidbits. It's always a pleasure to be on this podcast with you. Um, I think if there's one thing that I really held on to was you really like vacations. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So what was the last, if you don't mind me asking, what was the last vacation you went on? Or what was the first one you went on after you stopped for two years? Oh, the first one. Okay. So you'll like the country. I'm sure you could figure out the country, but I call it my honorary country of Bahamas. So I went to go see Marcia and we went on, we actually had a lot of fun. We went uh, snuba, which is like snorkeling and scuba diving. I got, Ooh. I started hyperventilating like as soon as I got into the water. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it was fun. And then yeah. we cock salad. That was probably like the best one. And it, it was the best one because I knew the money I spent for it had already been saved up. And I would not be going into debt for that vacation. So that that's I was always, that's that sounds like a really good feeling. Like you just blowing it, but you're not really blowing it, you're just actually spending what you saved. Exactly. The best one. Awesome. Well, guys, that is part two of our psychology of finance. And if you want, go back and listen to part one with Dr. Thomas. Had a great point of, and, and we really delved into some of the discussion points of shame and how that affects our thinking and how our actions going forward, as well as the general effect on our culture. So we appreciate everybody here, Wealth Savers. Thank you again and look forward to our next episode. Thank you, Q. You're welcome. All right, Wealth Savers. See you next time. Like what you heard? Make sure you rate us and subscribe to Taylor Well Saver Podcast. If you have podcast ideas or topics you'd like for us to cover, email us at podcast at tailoredwealthsaver.com.